welcome to the 1% Podcast. My name is Avi Wiswer, social media influencer and motivational speaker. Every week you hear an inspiring message. We hear from a person that is on their journey to success. With each episode, I hope that you can take something valuable with you, become 1% better in your life. Thank you for stopping by and let the growth begin. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 1% Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for showing support and showing love on every single episode. This week, I have a guest with me, Mark Robinson. Mark, if you want to introduce yourself, say a little bit about yourself. Um, name is Mark Robinson. I uh, work at White's in Luxembourg as an a, uh, analyst, Leans Paralegal. Jim Rat, that's where I met my boy Avi, you know. Um, bit of a nerd, but, you know, emotional intelligent as well. It's funny that you say that because as somebody who I feel as they have very high emotional intelligence, I want to know a little bit why do you think it's important for men and women to have emotional intelligence? Okay, so... Did you know that 90% of our decision-making comes from just emotions? Think about that for a second. 90%. That means like 9 out of 10 of our decision-making, like the decisions we make, there's not much logic behind it. It's just based off of emotions, like how we feel at set time. So, like, think about it for a second. Let's say you're not in the best emotional state when you're not, when you're about to make a decision or like, you know... You just have this sudden rush of feelings. You know, you're not going to think logically. You're not going to analyze the situation from a, a standpoint where, like, you have all the facts. You're just going based off of raw feelings. So that would definitely influence how you make any decision. For example, let's say, um, let's say you had, I'll give you a, a clear example. Let's say you were embarrassed. You know, as a kid, like a lot, you face like a lot of embarrassment. It would honestly, like, you would def- this just, I want to say, have this sudden awkwardness about you. You'd feel more just afraid of going about certain t- uh, social interactions. Like, let's say you find someone attractive. You'd be more or less inclined to approach him because you have this, this just fear of you might embarrass yourself. You know, and they might potentially see you in a negative light. You get it? Yeah, that and, does make sense. And like, think about it. Think about how, like, just from a, a rational standpoint, a, a logical standpoint, how that just makes no sense because they don't even know about your past embarrassment. They don't know what you went through, but like, you just having that fear that okay, I could potentially embarrass myself. You you d- like develop social awkwardness. Would you say? Obviously, thinking with logic takes a lot longer. It takes a little bit more to process. You're not able to make quick, thoughtful decisions if it's logic. And obviously, if you're reacting out of emotion, and somebody that has reacted out of emotion within my life, I definitely never got the best outcome. The mm-hmm. outcome that I usually wanted, it never really happened because it's just quick. It's, oh, I'm looking at this in a certain light. And I'm not able to even make conclusions. Mm -hmm. I'm just making a conclusion on how I feel 
instead of knowing the whole facts, instead of knowing the whole situation. And I think a lot of the times when we're trying to speak out of emotion, whether it could be, you know, within an argument, in a relationship with anything that comes with it, you have to be able to understand that process it a little bit more. And obviously, you know, people, when they're in an argument, they want the answers right away. But I've noticed that whenever you're trying to step away and, all right, let me process this whole situation instead of just speaking because that's not going to be productive. It's not. It's not because you know why? Emotions actually influence how we see different types of um, circumstances and situations. Like, you know? Elaborate on that a little bit. Okay, so let's say you were hurt, you know? That's the only thing you're going to feel. That's the only thing you're going to feel in set moment. Even if the person who potentially hurt you, that wasn't their intention. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it could have been in, like, just an accident or like they didn't know that it was a trigger a potential trigger for you or something that you were sensitive about you know but you you just feel hurt so in your mind in that situation they hurt you you get that yeah that makes sense yeah man i also know it within emotional intelligence plays a lot of empathy and feeling other feeling others emotions not only just being consumed in our own but mm-hmm. feeling being able to kind of put yourself in that other person's shoes you yeah. know and whatever they're feeling being able to kind of process that a little bit and i think sometimes there's people that may lack on empathy in feeling for that other person's situations feeling for that other person's emotions and we kind of just think about it in a selfish light instead of thinking selflessly yeah, bro. I, I 100% agree. 100% agree. Um, In order to be, I want to say, emotional intelligent, you need to understand that the world does not 100% revolve around you, you know? You need to understand that there are other factors, you know, there's other people, you know? I want to say it's one. It's like you said, there's, a la- there's so much lack of empathy in the world. That's why it's hard for people to be, like, you know, emotional and emotionally understanding. And just take a step back and try to understand where their partner, friend, family member might be coming from. Like, you know, we don't take enough time to just understand them. You know, we just go based off of, you know, if their emotions are, quote unquote, justified. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Do you think it's important for people to control their emotions? It is. It is. It's very important, bro. Because... Like I said, 90% of our decision-making comes from emotions. Imagine if your emotions aren't in check. Imagine if you're not emotionally intelligent enough to understand yourself. Then your emotions are just controlling you. You're not going based off of logic. You're going based off how you feel every single time of the day. Like, let's say you wake up one day and you don't feel good. You're going to stay in bed all day. Mm. Let's say you wake up one day and you're just so angry. You might lash out on everybody you see, like people who don't deserve it. Let's say um, I could give an example more so in today's time. Do you know, do you see how many um, there's been like just women harassed when a guy just, when a guy is, I want to say they turned away or like they're rejected. Like women just get harassed, bro. Like they just, the guy lashes out. And just either like assaults them, calls them. Why is that? 
Because they're not able to control their emotions. Exactly. So how, like, being emotionally intelligent is so important. Like, just just understand yourself. You know, I'm not, I'm not the big fan of today's just theory that emotions are bad or, you know, you're not supposed to be emotional. Like, I feel like they're, they're just painting emotions in this, like, terrible light. Emotions are what make us humans. That is what makes us humans, bro. We just need to take the under the time to understand that, to look deeper. Like, to achieve your higher self, you need to control your emotions, bro. Um, I want to say, hmm, let me think. I feel like integral emotions, or I want to say, hmm, maybe they play the biggest part. Or incidental emotions. I'm sorry. I used the wrong term. Incidental emotions. Because they're situation-based. Okay. I can give another example. Let's say guy or girl. They feel they feel jealous. They feel jealous from the attention someone is their rival. Maybe someone they're not too fond of. Let's say they feel jealous from the type of attention that person is receiving. And it's not coming to them. They're more inclined to do stuff to get that attention. Think about it. They'll just post up on the gram, flex, you know, they'll just do just just stupid things to get attention that, you know, just because they feel jealous. The validation that they need. Exactly. So that kind of plays into another point that I really want to talk about, especially in relationships. You know, communication needs to be effective. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. And kind of with that point, how can people that are in relationships communicate their needs effectively? Okay. That's something that actually goes both ways. You know, um, I want to say in a relationship, the best thing to do is to make sure your partner has the perfect environment to communicate effectively. You know? A lot of times we get into relationships and we just, we don't really take the time to understand our partner, you know, emotionally, mentally, we're too hyper-focused on the physical, you know, how they look or even how they make us feel, you know, we don't take the time to understand who that person is completely. So how can you communicate effectively? It goes both ways. You have to understand that you need to be an active listener, you know? In order for someone to communicate, you know, they need to, like, know that you're going to be receptive of whatever they're communicating. You know, take the time. Listen attentively. Like, have you ever, like, just actively listened to someone? They will literally tell you, not even just by their words, by their actions, how they're sitting, how they're looking at you, their body language. Just take the time. But a lot of people don't take the time, bro. You know, they, they focus on... Instead of what their partner is actually saying, they focus on what to say in return. You know, while they're speaking, they're thinking of their response. Well, no, you're supposed to understand them first. Take the time to listen. Have a conversation. Let the person speak. Don't interrupt them, you know. And if there's something that's not clear to you, ask questions to clarify, you know. Take the time. It requires patience, of course. Little, you know maybe extra time but 
in the long run, it definitely pays off. And I, I think a lot of people listen. Like you said, when somebody else is talking, they listen to respond. They don't listen to actually listen. They don't. They don't, man. A, a lot of people do that. Because I think with whenever it's in maybe a social setting or in an argument, they want to be able to prove their point or prove exactly what they want the message to be that gets across, you know? And it's honestly hard because when you're listening to listen, it takes a little bit longer for your response to be articulated. Mm -hmm. Because if you're listening to respond by the, when that person is talking, you're not even listening to what they're saying. You're just, oh, I'm going to formulate this message to the best of my ability. And then when they're done, it's just like, all right, it's just like in one ear, out the other, instead of just really being there in the moment. And I would argue that if a person is listening to respond, they're not really being in the moment because they're just focused on the future, mm -hmm. the next couple seconds, the next couple of minutes. I want to say they try to get, you know, because a lot of times when you, when you talk to your partner, you know, of course, there's going to be great conversations, but then there's also the tough conversations. And not a lot of people are comfortable, you know, having that tough conversation. They either want it to be over with or they want to give their part. They want to give their partner the answer the par like they think their partner wants, you know, and that doesn't work because then it's the problem's going to keep arising. Your partner is going to feel like you're not understanding them. And then, you know, that's when it causes the friction. You know, when a lot of times that's I feel like what affects couples these days, because like there's so many simple things that could just be avoided if you took the time to understand them where they're coming from or just listen to them you know it's interesting for somebody that's trying to better their emotional intelligence what would you recommend or what would you tell them honestly i would tell them to just take take the time to just understand themselves more you mm -hmm. have to go about so to somebody that may want to enhance or increase their emotional intelligence what would you tell them i'll tell them they need to go on that journey of self-awareness you need to understand yourself first and foremost you can't understand people if you don't understand yourself you can't it's impossible you know there's books um i definitely i want to say robert green great author um you know there's not much that I need to say because, you know, he's so notable, not noteworthy. But 48 Laws of Power, Laws of Human Nature, um, Mastery, that's a great one. I, I know you'll love Mastery. I think I told you about that one before, but you'll love that one, bro. Um, I'm also reading um, Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. And this one called The Mountain is You by... Brianna, I want to say Weist. That's Brianna West, yeah. yeah. I, I, that's books, that book has been on my radar for a little bit. So. Bro. Also, The Alchemist that you recommended. I started it. I'm, I want to say, three chapters in. Great book so far. I love it. But yeah, man, just... You need to understand yourself. Before you understand... like, And also take the time to just... Come out of your bubble. You know? Right. Try to look at things from a different perspective. From the perspective of others be more empathetic you know it's it's definitely hard these days you know there's so much going on and you know we feel almost like everyone's out to get us 
but in essence that's really generally not the case all the time and that's definitely due from trauma due from past experiences due from whether it's parent relationships childhood whatever it may be do you think that the household plays a part in emotional intelligence because some people that grow up maybe they're not as empathetic their parents aren't as empathetic they're not able they're not able to articulate their emotions process their emotions and in return be able to communicate that effectively mm. do you think uh, the household plays a part in how they grow up and how they want to articulate all that i do 100 percent um it actually plays a really huge factor you know um if you're not in a healthy environment it's not stable you know it really messes with your emotional state if your parent is very i want to say they're over parenting you that can that can be bad because it creates the child won't know how to deal with stressful or um or um situations that are make them anxious so they might potentially you know when they're faced with tough times or you know they don't really understand what's going on around them they might get like anxiety disorders right because their parents always like hovering you know just trying to protect them also underparenting like if you don't care about your child like they're just gonna not care right. or develop this sense of like you know independent or they'll just start pushing people away like they don't want anyone to get close to them because they're not used to it you know so of course i 100 percent think that plays a, a part you know um i believe the best well there's not really a best parenting style but <laughs> From what I remember from psychology, I believe it's authoritative. Okay. That would be the best parenting style because, like, you know, you, you, it's almost like from a democracy standpoint, you and the parent, like, you know, you're able to express yourself and why you think this is and that is wrong. And the parent, like, you know, understands and takes your feelings into account. But like, you know, authorita authoritarian, I believe it is. Yeah. That's like the dictatorship parenting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, come on, you know, the their child won't grow up having their own identity. They'll just be the person the parent wanted to be and may potentially be miserable. I think it also would be definitely play a, a role in resenting that parent as well. Of course. And this I would say that this also plays a role in attachments attachment style growing up you know in terms of relationships how are you able to what trait would that person grow up to be you know i've read it attached and i think anybody who's trying to grow their sense of self-awareness in terms of how they like to be loved or how their partner would be loved is extremely essential Oh, yeah. Man. And they kind of break it down into like three categories where it's secure, avoidant and anxious. And mm -hmm. obviously the avoidant, we it's kind of self-explanatory, but there's more to it, obviously. But the avoidant, you know, pushes the person away, doesn't like to talk about their emotions, doesn't like to be intimate, doesn't like to be 
the proximity oh, yeah. within that person. There's always cre- they're always creating a distance within that person. Obviously, anxious. You know, when things get rocky or things get tight, they like to pull that person in. You know, they like to be very close. They like to be very in constant need of reassurance. Constant. Re- it could be constant reassurance. It could be constant physical proximity. Mm. or just being able to want to talk to that person, just being able to want to see that person. There's a lot of things that play into it. And then obviously secure is like the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think just when you really dive into it and you're able to understand that the way that you were taught growing up, the way that you were parented growing up, plays a very very big role 100 percent, in who you'll be able to become later um, i can i can even give you an example like you know i don't i don't mind being put on the spot i can share like a traumatic experience i had um so 12 years old um i'm a really i'm big on family i love my family right me and my mom we grew up really close um 12 years old um my mom had just had my sister and i'm not gonna go dive into too much deep details but um there was some infidelity on my dad's part. And, you know, it was around the time my mom had her my sister. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was up late night, you know, trying to, you know, get her to sleep. She was crying. And, you know, I just, there was just nights back to back where I seen my mother crying. And my mom's a very strong woman. I love that woman. Like, she's very strong, bro. So strong. And she tried to hold in her sobs so we couldn't hear them. Mm. But you know, I live, at the time we lived in not the biggest apartment, so you know, right. I was exposed to that, you know, and I remember when she was asking me about it. I want to say like a year after, she asked me how I felt about like the entire situation and what happened. I couldn't express myself mm. because I didn't know what to say. I didn't know if I was angry at my dad. I don't know if I was sad because I, I witnessed the hurt she was in. I didn't know if I was just resentful. I think it was everything at once. Right. So I couldn't really articulate myself. I didn't. I didn't understand myself. I didn't understand this, like the situation. And being in that whole stigma, man can't show emotion. That definitely showed, played a big part in not being able to articulate yourself. Yeah, man. And nowadays, that's a especially big issue in the mental health. You know, obviously, you see men taking their own life or whatever. What are your thoughts on the stigma of men can't show emotion? I the the stigma that men can't show emotion is honestly a hyper masculine one, one hundred percent. Why? Because once again, emotions are what make us human. So. Why should I not have emotions? Why should I not be able to feel? You know? I feel like it should be... You should control your emotions. Not you shouldn't have emotions at all. Because that's where it entails. A lot of times... You know, it's sad to say that... Men just feel like they're not heard. They feel like just because they're a man... They... They can't... They're not supposed to feel a type of way. They're not supposed to feel a certain type of way. They're not supposed to get, I want to say, jealous or easily offended by certain things because you're a man. But when you put down your emotions and you allow yourself to think that you can't feel 
something. It will still be there. You'll still feel it, you know? And then you just become resentful. You become angry. You become hurt. You become broken. You just, you're not, you're a shell of yourself, you know? Because you're just wiring your brain thinking that I'm not supposed to feel this way. So I'm just not. You turn into this numb, just, I want to say, nonchalant almost person, you know? But in essence, nonchalant people, they usually have had, like, the biggest hearts. And they've usually felt the most. But they are just, they're tired of feeling. So they just decide, you know what? I don't want to feel anymore. What does it take for a person like that, that may be nonchalant, to come out of that feeling? And do you also do you also think it plays a? You think that nonchalant people. It plays a, a role on perspective, because, I don't know if I would categorize myself as nonchalant, but I understand the the way that I look at life sometimes, that things aren't really as. Important or big as they may seem like something could be so small but or something something to somebody could be so big but to me it's so small mm-hmm. like oh you know i didn't get to eat lunch and now i'm like cranky but it's like okay that was my decision mm-hmm. i skipped lunch it's like okay it is what it is if i'm able to control it then i could control it but if it's out of my reach or like my boss said something that i didn't really like or in terms of somebody said something to me that I didn't really like or just life happens and you're not able to control it. Do you think that also plays a a part in nonchalantness? That's a big part. But I like that you brought that up. That's great, actually. You need to understand. What we need to understand is like certain things we really can't control. We can't control what someone said to us. We can't control what environment we were raised in, what we were brought up in. We can't control who our parents are. But what you can control is how you express yourself and how you react to certain things. You know, if you are just so emotional based and so reactive instantly, you're going to end up hurting yourself. Take the time, sit back, you know, look at everything. What we were talking about earlier is change your perspective, you know, don't always look at it at one, one from one aspect. Because there's usually so many other factors that play into a situation that you would miss. It's a big part in it. Yeah, man. There's a final three questions that I want to be able to ask for you. What is your favorite book and why? Oof. As you've read, as you've read a lot of books, <laughs> I definitely want to know what your favorite book is what and why. What is my favorite book and why? Jesus, Avi. It's a tough one, man. Um, uh, I want to say mastery. Mastery, maybe a mixture of mastery and the 48 laws of power. You know, both by Robert Greene. Robert does a really good job of just, you know, highlighting things from different leaders in the past and important, you know, figures. Like, he takes a lot of situational aspects And he highlights them with, you know, emotions and, you know, how they can play a part in our decision making, Mm -hmm. how they play a part in how we think or how we um, just observe situations. 
So that's why I really love that book. And Mastery also goes along to teach you how to not only become a master yourself, but also how to be the perfect student, to understand how to learn and just how to grow. So, man, I remember when I first got into Mastery, I read that book three times. Oh, wow. Three times. The reason why I read it three times is because, like, the first time I read it, it was kind of me just trying to finish it. Right. I, I recommend people read books they like more than once, you know, because you never know. Each time I read it, I got something. Right. You know, I missed that I missed before. So first time I read it, went through it. Second time I read it, I took the time. And, bro, I gained so much. I'm not going to tell you what I gained. I'm not going to because I really want you to read this book. I told you about it before. You're going to read this book. <laughs> but, yeah, man. And then the third time I read it, I actually took notes. So, please read Mastery. I'll definitely make sure to read it. Another question that I have is what is the best re- advice that you've ever received? Best advice I've ever received. <sighs> That's a good one, man. Mm. Was that from you? It might have been from you. Now nah, I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> it was from my grandma. Um, God rest her soul. She passed away um, last year. But, you know, she she was a very patient woman. You know, I could go to her and talk to her about almost anything. I remember this one day I wasn't really feeling, you know, the best. Mm-hmm. But I didn't say anything to her. You know, she just kind of saw it. Grandmas are amazing. They just have that vibe about them. They can really read a situation or read their loved ones. She's very warm. And she said, just remember that no matter what, no matter what, you are uniquely you. Think about that. You are uniquely you. You don't need to impress anyone. You don't need... To try to be something that you're not. Because you are uniquely you. You won't find another Avi. You won't find another Matt back there who's running the camera. You know, like he's doing. And that, honestly, is some great advice. Because you can just be okay with being yourself, bro. You know, whatever insecurity someone or, you know, people might have. You know, sometimes it's out of our control. You know, really think about that. Something that you might be insecure about. It's not really, you know, something you can control. Like, I, I, I share one of my insecurities right now. I'm on the short side. Like, what can I do about that? That's genetics. You know? Like, come on. Just understand you're uniquely you. What is the worst re- advice that you've ever received? Worst advice I've ever received? Shit. Oh. You can edit out that curse. <laughs> um... Worst advice I've ever received. Um, let me think about that for a second. I usually get good advice from people because I usually talk to, you know, really decent people. The worst advice I'd received was, oh, it was actually from an emotional standpoint. It was just like, someone told me one day, I forgot, I was, I was expressing my emotions. Mm-hmm. And they told me that, or exactly what we were talking about with men. They said, you shouldn't feel that way because you're a guy. <laughs> Guys don't really do that. Guys don't really feel that way. And I'm just like, okay. Hmm, interesting. 
what I can't even remember the exact situation. It wasn't even anything crazy. I think it was just me expressing, I want to say, how I felt kind of hurt slash disrespected. So, you know, just like them telling me, like, your your emotions are unjustified. You know, you shouldn't feel that way. Okay. <laughs> like, are you Mark? <laughs> like, what? Bro. And also, another terrible advice I received was to just, you know, I want to say go about life, just work hard every day, you know, don't take the time to understand yourself. Somebody said that they'd rather, I remember one of my, um, I want to say old coworkers from this job I was working, he told me that for like the first 25 years of his career life, all he did was work, 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 work. You know, he got to a pretty high stature, you know, but he said if he could do something, well, this was actually good advice. (laughs) He said if he could change anything, he would go and just experience his life more, take the time to like learn what he likes, understand what he likes because he hated his job. He hated his job and he was so good at it. But he was miserable. I remember him telling me that. He's like, Mark, like, I'm good at this, but if I had the choice, this is not what I want to do. I did it for my family so I could support them. And, you know, that's very commendable. I commended that. I respected that. Because, like, you know, as a man, you do need to support your family. But the misery in his face, like, not willing to show up every day. Like, I... When I, I remember one time I spoke to him, he was just just not there, <laughs> you know? You can tell when someone's a zombie and they're just not really present with you. And then I stopped the conversation. I said, are you okay? He said, man, like, I don't know, you know? And that's when he went about expressing to me that, like, for the first I won 25 years of his career. He was just working, 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 working. You know, he didn't really take the time to understand who he was or he didn't know himself. He just, this is what his parents did. This is what he's going to do. You understand? Yeah. So. Mark, it's been a pleasure. Oh, man. Where can the people find you? Where can the people find me? To be honest, I don't want to be found. <laughs> um, you can find me at Blink Junction. You can find me on Instagram. I am I dot M dot the anomaly. Um, you know, but you can always find me. <laughs> um, but I'm not so much so worried about the people I'm around though, guys. Um to my friends, I'm sorry, because I'm usually very busy. But I know you, you guys promised me that you'll, you know, take a listen to the podcast, and I appreciate that. And I just want to give a special thanks to my boy Avi for having me here. You know, it means a lot. Like, me being a guest on what will be the biggest podcast to ever air is insane. Like, I can't really get that out of my head. Like, I'm really here right now. That's crazy, bro. I appreciate you coming on, man. Anytime, bro. To all the listeners, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for showing support. Thank you guys for showing love. This is the 1% Podcast. I'm out.